Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Here we go now. Happy Tuesday, guys. Hope everyone's having a wonderful day. Uh, we have some Pete Carroll stuff to get to, some Mariners news. We got a couple of Mariners guests joining us. Gary Hill is going to join us at 11. Mike Salk is going to join us at 1030. Both out at spring training, so we'll get some updates from them first. Bump, how's your Tuesday? How's it going? Hey, you started this thing off right for me. <laughs> I, if, you, if y'all don't know... I am the easiest to entertain. Like I'm a comedian's best friend. Like yeah. you you said Laugh at all my jokes. Secondly, Julio ran into a wall and that just got me. I got <laughs> Took me rolling. You out. So I appreciate that. <laughs> my Tuesday is good so far. How's yours? Uh good. I'm mostly excited for tonight. It's the sports star Seattle Sports Star of the Year Awards. I think what is it, the eighty sixth annual or something like that? Uh Lefko, who is the producer for uh Wyman and Bob and I will be out there at the Westin for like the red carpet. So I'm kinda living out like my red carpet dream. Nice. Where we get to talk to athletes. And when I've done this before, what I've realized is some athletes will play the red carpet game and others are like, I don't know what you're saying. So when you ask <laughs> some athletes, like, who are you wearing? They're like, I don't know. My wife got this for me. Yeah. I think it's from Target. Anybody, <laughs> and then other athletes play into it and they have fun. Anybody who's a Kraken player will probably have oh, that response. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Without a doubt, he's going to be like, I don't care. I'm done with this interview already. I'm just here. Just immediately. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Uh, it's going to be very fun. I'm very excited. That'll be the alternate stream on our app. So if you have the Seattle Sports app, you can listen to Wyman and Bob, boo, or you can listen to me and Lefko from the Seattle Sports Star Awards. That stream begins at 530. Don't forget, you can also just switch over if you want to uh, after Wyman and Bob are over. Let's get to the latest from Pete Carroll this morning at the NFL Combine. Uh, I've got mostly quotes for you guys. The sound quality was a little tricky because this one um, wasn't streamed. It was uh, it was just uh, recorded on phones. So I'm going to tell you guys guys right now you're going to hear background noise and we're not going to complain i feel like everyone's mom right now okay we're going to sit quietly we're going to listen to some of this sound we're not going to complain about it and we're going to figure out what we think about some of what pete had to say this morning let's start with quarterbacks uh here's what pete carroll had to say when asked about this was an interesting question bump the possibility of both keeping Geno and drafting a quarterback at five. We are totally connected to the quarterbacks that are coming out. Um, this is a really huge opportunity for us. Uh, it's a rare opportunity. We, you know, we've been drafting in the low 20s for such a long time, you just don't get the chance at these guys. So we're deeply involved with all that. So he said they're working hard to keep it going in terms of negotiations with Geno, but also the cut you just heard with the position we're in, we're totally connected to the quarterbacks coming out. Bump, a couple questions here. First, the Seahawks are picking at number five overall. There's potentially C.J. Stroud. Will Levis could be available. Anthony Richardson is an option. Um, We know how much this team needs defensive line help. Paying Geno and then potentially using pick number five on a quarterback means investing a ton in that position. It's the most important in football, but is it what the Seahawks need, and how would you feel about it? Is it what they need? If they sign Geno, they don't actually necessarily need that position, but there's there's a quarterback out there that they like. Oh, for They've sure. watched a lot of film. 
they have to make some decisions here. And if someone is available at five that they like, whether it be quarterback or any, any other position, but there's definitely a quarterback they like, they might take a swing at it. And I understand it just because of who Geno is and where he is in his career. I will prefer them go heavy on the defense. If there's a Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, um, Tyree Wilson, Miles Murphy, any of those guys are available. I would prefer they go that route. But yeah. you understand that you build a team really complimenting the quarterback. And if you're not sure what Geno's going to do, here's the argument for people on the text lines. They say, look, one year, you don't know what he's going to do. I understand your concerns. This would be your insurance policy is looking at a quarterback and possibly drafting him at five. Would I be mad if they draft a quarterback at five? No, I wouldn't be mad. I understand it. I would just move differently. I'm going to combine a quote. I don't have sound on this, but I have the quote with continuing this conversation. Uh, So he was asked about free agency and he said, this is the type of situation we haven't been in in the past. We've had a lot of discussions about maximizing it. It's something we're looking forward to. By that, he means cap space. They have 24.4 million in cap space. You've got to account for the money you'll have to pay your draft class. So let's say they're actually working with like 15 million. Um, that's before they make cuts, restructure, whatever. So just know 15 doesn't mean you only have 15 to spend, but let's assume that's where they're at for effective cap space. It's not the 88 million the Bears are playing with, but bump, that's still more flexibility than the Seahawks have had in some time. I wonder if Pete's hinting that they might be more aggressive than we've seen them be in free agency, and maybe that's where they improve defense. Like if they fall in love with the quarterback at five, I just I can't get over the temptation of taking a great defensive player at number five. I mean, I know that you've never picked that high, and the temptation is there for a quarterback, and it's the most important thing you could have on your team. But, but God, you've also seen other teams within your division strike gold there. What's um, what's the main song? In that movie, Aladdin, the Disney picture. I can show you the world. It's a whole new world for these dudes. They're like, look, we're picking at number five. Yeah. We got a little money to play with. <laughs> Going into the casino, your pockets is fat right now. World. You know what I mean? So that's what they're doing. They're like, this is, he's he's like this is crazy, Pete. We got the five pick. We got money in the bank. Yeah. We got a transition quarterback already. Yes. And we got the 20th pick and the 37th, 38th pick. Or 38th pick. What do we do with this? So their job is to explore this new world and all the possibilities that it brings. They're doing their due diligence. Um, so I don't, I don't exclude any possibility, yeah. especially dealing with John and Pete. We've seen them trade back, trade up, flip that, split that, yep. and do something with that and go over there with that. <laughs> this is what they do. They're some hustlers when it comes to this draft. I've seen them turn 5 to 11. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like That's what they do. And because they have such a high pick, they have some leverage. Yep. They can get more draft picks. I understand their way of thinking. And if there's a quarterback there that they like, what if they like Anthony Richardson? What they if? pick him at 5. And I told you yesterday I fell in love with this young man even more just watching the film because you see the possibilities. The His numbers aren't great when it comes to um, his completion percentage, but the explosive plays. Guess who made explosive plays for about 10 years over here? And I look at this young man and say, he is more athletic than the guy who was making these explosive plays over here for 10 years. So I get it. I understand. I want defense, though. But yeah. you, you have to explore this this new world that they're living in. I know. I'm just so afraid that it's going to be a Chicago situation. They already have more weapons than Chicago. So taking a quarterback doesn't mean that you'd be the Bears by any means. Like, you are a better team than the Bears uh, with, like, Drew Locke at quarterback. But... 
what the Bears did was go quarterback first. They were like, hey, we fell in love with Justin Fields. We're going to take him before we go rebuild anything else because they had a couple things they needed to do to their team. And then what did they do? They had the number one overall pick because they can't do anything around him. Now, that's kind of like bad management, too. And, like, they didn't give him weapons. I don't ever see the Seahawks working and functioning that way. But that's one way to build a team is to get your quarterback out of the way because you fall in love with a guy. I just don't love that way when nah. you have so many holes on defense because what's going to happen is no matter who comes in at quarterback, he's not going to be able to make up for the fact that if you're still 28th on defense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they could think that there's going to be something at 20 that they like. They could think that there is – this is a a rather deep defensive line group when it comes to the prospects going into yeah. this draft. Maybe they feel like they can make a move later to move up elsewhere and pick a guy up. Who knows, right? Who really knows what these guys are thinking? They know they need help on defense. They know that Geno's at a point of his career where he's not going to be here for very long. You need a quarterback to bring in. Um, They know they need help on that offensive line. Now it's all about how you plan to attack this thing. And there are four picks in front of you that can determine what you do. If there's a run on quarterbacks, then I think they have no choice but to look at that defensive line. But if a quarterback drops that they like or things don't happen the way that we see it happen, we've seen – a lot of mock drafts, mm-hmm. and it, they change every three or four days. So that's um that is the uh, the time that we are in is that we're going to speculate. Guys are going to move around. The combine starts today. We got GMs and um, head coaches yes. speaking. We're going to hear what they have to say. Guys are going to move up. Guys are going to drop down because of this combine, and um, I'm excited to see what they do. Last question here before I get to the other cut because this one is unconnected to the draft or free agency. Uh, Let's say that they are so tempted, that John Schneider is so tempted at the quarterback talent at five. He's never picked at five overall. He recognizes he could get his quarterback and his guy of the future. Is there a quarterback name where you say, and I'm I'm talking like open up every possibility. Bryce Young will not be there at five, but let's pretend he is. Is there a quarterback name where you say, nope, absolutely, no way, don't do it. I would be actually mad if this happened. Will Levis. If they drafted Will Levis at five. And he can play. I understand who Will Levis is. But I feel like I understand the type of quarterback that the Seahawks like to work with. Uh, Geno Smith is not the most mobile quarterback in the world, but he can move a little bit. Um, Will Levis isn't a statue. He can move a little bit. But I think that if you're going to go young, you want to go young and a bit more athletic. That's why I look at Anthony Richardson. I look at C.J. Stroud, and I go, okay, those guys can move. If you are going to ask a rookie to go out there, and they might not ask him to go out there. They might ask him to sit for a year or two. But what's going to be able to bail you out? Is them young legs, man. So uh, I, I see. I think that's the type of quarterback that they will go after. I hear you. I thought you might say Levis. I had an inkling, yeah. but I wanted to see if, uh, if that was me. still holding true. I know, I know. Okay. Um, we are going to spend plenty of time uh, talking about the draft. Bob Condota, who was at the Combine and is at the Combine, is going to join us at 1 p.m., by the way. So we're going to get back to all this stuff. It's it's uh, much more topical uh, and you know relevant for the future of the Seahawks. But let's talk about the past a little bit because, of course, Pete Carroll was asked about that latest Russell Wilson report. So, again, this is Pete Carroll being asked about those allegations that came out in The Athletic late last week that Russell Wilson asked ownership to have Pete and John fired. First of all, here's what Pete said. The similar response that it's always been with, with the guys that I've coached, that um, I'm always going to hang with them, and I'm never going to leave them, and I'm going to be there at the end of all of the good stuff and all of the bad stuff. I'm going to still be there. And so uh, that's it. You know, I'm, I'm hanging. And uh, it doesn't matter who the guy is. If you look at all of the guys that have come to our program, just not go back to the college days, but just here at, at Seattle, Regardless of what has happened, has taken place, or the things that have been said at all, if you hang with them, it all comes back around. And uh, 
I'd like to demonstrate that faith in the relationship and the depth of what we did together and uh, and hang through whatever the growth challenges bring to, to us along the way. So I'm good. You know what Michelle says, Bump? What's when she- they go low... We go high. We go high. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what Pete Carroll That's did. exactly what he's doing. He has been on this earth for 71, 72 of them things. Mm-hmm. He has dealt with so <laughs> many athletes and understands that, you know, sometimes they might speak from their heart and not from their head. Sometimes they might not understand the situation. He leaves room for these young men like Earl to, to flip them off and yeah. not say nothing bad about yep. them. Maybe for Marshawn to go off on a podcast and, and back Pete up and also throw a couple jazz. He just understands how this life things, thing works. And he goes, okay, these are young men. Granted, they're in their 30s, but Pete has lived their life twice and some. Mm-hmm. So he takes the lessons that he's learned dealing with thousands of football players, being on this earth, earth for 71, and saying, look, room for error. I'm going to allow them to grow. And maybe down the line, we can come back together and rely on these relationships that we've built and say, look, shake your hand when it's all said and done. Players mess up. You make mistakes. Pete is nothing if not consistent, right? Because I think that people would have pointed to, now unfairly, but like a double standard if it was like, wait, Earl flipped you off and, you know, rusted this and you can't be, you know, fine about it. But no, Pete said, look, this is my rule. My rule is that all of my guys stay my guys forever, whether or not they're mad at me, whether or not they respect me. Like, I fully believe that things come back around. That's what he said. I believe that, you know, you hang in. It doesn't matter who the guy is, regardless of the things that have taken place. If you hang with them, it all comes back around and I think that by that he means like maybe just you know good relationships that those relationships are important I mean what do you think he means the the heat of the moment can get you sometimes I I feel like we've all said and done things in the heat of the moment that we look back you know you ever be in the shower you're sitting down and you think about something you did like five years ago hang on have I ever been sitting down in the shower no not sitting down in the shower in the shower or sitting down oh okay and I have a little bench in my shower sitting in the shower (laughs) you've never sat in the shower no I haven't sat in the shower sitting in the shower would require me you oh wow 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 that's, I might go bump is I have a bench in my shower. Those game checks. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's what that is. Those are those Seahawks it's checks. Very average. It's a very average bench. Okay. Well, an average. There is no average shower bench. Bump. Yes, there is. That's like saying it's yes, an average is. Benz. It's just an average kind of like, you know, run of the mill like Mercedes. 2013. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you guys are d- distracting me from the point. My shower okay. has a two inch ledge <laughs> that is just the edge of the bathtub. Okay. Well, I guess I could try to sit on it. I'd probably fall. When you've ever been reflecting. How's that? Sure. In the shower. Yeah, I have some shower reflections. Yeah, for sure. That's when I do my best thinking. And you think about something you said in the past. You're like, man, I was stupid. Oh, see, I do it, but I think like, oh, I should have said this. That's such a good comeback. (laughs) Or that too. But sure. You know what I'm saying? That's, um, you just, you guys are distracting me from my whole point now. I'm thinking about (laughs) my shower. People are texting in. Bump sits in the shower so he can shave his legs. Now (laughs) the streets is on me right now. What's going on? We get what you're saying, but you said, have you ever just been reflecting? Yeah, been reflecting. You're like, you know, I messed up. And Pete understands that. Pete has done that. He thinks players have done that. And as far as hanging in there, it's like when you deal with, Hall of Famers, Russell Wilson, Bobby mm-hmm. Wagner, KJ, mm-hmm. or all these guys, right? And um, you are in a position where you guys really jacked me up. Move on. I'm done. Good. You guys no, jacked Bob, me up. We get what you were saying. I, I'm done. This you is, guys jacked up my train is, of thought. This is what I heard what you were saying, Goodness too. Gracious. It's like, have you ever been in a position where, like, you know that you can't be rude to someone because you're going to pass them again later? Oh, you, I remember. Don't let me. Yeah, I, okay, I remember. Okay, okay, I remember. Okay, okay. okay Hall okay, of Famers. Okay. It's like being in a marriage. Right. It's being in a marriage. You know how many times I just uh, 
I give my wife grace. She's having a bad day. She's having an attitude, the heat of the moment. You know, I'm just be like, you know what? I'm just going to let you ride right now. I'm not going to say nothing. We'll come back to this later. I'm going to rely on our relationship yeah. to, to help us get through this moment right now. That's what Pete's doing. It took me five minutes to get there. No, but you but got there, and that's y'all. important. Uh, don't forget, tonight you can join me, Stacey Ross, and also Mike Lefko for a special one-hour show. It begins at 6 p.m. at 6 to 7 p.m. live from Media Row at the 88th Annual Sports Star of the Year Awards. 88, uh, Jimmy Graham. And uh, there's been some other Dale Earnhardt Jr. Yeah. We do this thing in the sports pit where you have to say the time of, you know, like, hey, 41, 41 after uh, nine, meaning we're about to be on air. And we just shout out the uh, player. Byron Maxwell. Yeah. Byron Maxwell. Michael Irvin. Live from Media Row at the 88th Annual Sports Star of the Year Awards. The show will be streamed live on SeattleSports.com and will include special guests from the Seattle sports community. We're going to talk about who's nominated for some of these awards. Hey, hint, it may be a teaser for some of the guests you're going to hear from. You guys are going to love a couple of these names. Let's get to headline rewrites. Extra, extra, read all about it. Headline rewrites. We must make headlines. The real story behind the headlines in today's news with Bob and Stacy. Oh man, the Love text it, line yeah. is dragging me. Weirdest Sean the Stacey's Crane guy <laughs> says at Stacy's age, she should probably think about That's a walk so into four two five. Weird. Stacy doesn't have a shower bench. No, Elderly people usually do. Four two five says the show's gonna be coming live from Bump's shower bench. <laughs> <laughs> we can hear water in the background as Bump's like, "Hey guys, here's what I was thinking for four down territory." What do we got for first headline? Headline number one, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler reports Seahawks associate head coach Sean Desai has emerged as a strong candidate for the Eagles defensive coordinator job. Mm. What's the real headline? Sounds like the Seahawks are emerging as a strong candidate for needing a new associate head coach. Because, bump, something tells me Sean Desai is eyeing this gig, thinking, yeah, please, I'll sign me up. Most definitely. I feel like his time here was an internship. How to be a head coach. Let me learn from Pete Carroll and whatnot. He was already a defensive coordinator for the Bears in 2021, had the fifth-ranked defense in the league. So now if he does go to Philadelphia, they got some things they got to do. They got to sign Graham. He had 11 sacks. Fletcher Cox is free agent, seven sacks. Hargrave, 11 sacks. Gardner Johnson, six. So these conversations that he's having with Philly, they have to be telling him, look, we're going to get X amount of guys back. Don't worry about it. We'll set you up for success. Here's the plus if he does go over to Philly. We get a comp pick for a minority being hired off of mm-hmm. your staff. So Pete Carroll, that's, this is what he does. I think he he de- develops a program to where players grow, coaches grow. You go off. You lived your life. And like he said, I'm going to be here when you're done. Right. Let's have a beer or some coffee or something. Headline rewrites. Headline number two, a pair of starting quarterbacks have been released in the last 24 hours. Washington has cut Carson Wentz, and Atlanta has moved on from Marcus Mariota. What's the real headline? Great news for fans looking for a more affordable alternative to Geno Smith. Text in right now <laughs> if you want Marcus Mariota or Carson Wentz over Geno Smith, because that's what you're dealing with. If you want to get a veteran in here, I've heard the argument, get a veteran in here sure. as well. Aaron Rodgers ain't coming here. Derek Carr ain't coming here. Lamar's going to cost too much. These are your options. You got Jimmy, you got Wentz, and you got Mariota. Who you want? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take Geno. Even for more money, recognizing that, like, well, what I'm paying for is someone who can, like, be a fairly consistent starter. Because at $30 what you're paying for isn't Patrick Mahomes. What you're paying for is, like, don't come in and lose me a game all the time. Like, keep me in this. Keep me competitive. And I recognize people saying, you know, hey, if you weren't paying Geno, you could have more money for your defense. And then maybe you wouldn't need as good a quarterback. And, yeah, you're right. But also... 
you also don't want a quarterback who can sink you. So there's a very fine line. I will just warn people. There is a very fine line between trying to save money on quarterback, assuming you don't draft like a great guy, and and signing yourself self up for some turnovers and some costly, costly mistakes. Yeah, it's the safe bet is rolling with Geno. And if you want to bring another quarterback in, you draft him. Going after an older guy at this point, if it ain't, Aaron Rodgers for the low, which you're not going to get. If it ain't Lamar for the low, which you're not going to get. Yeah. You ride with Gino. Yep. Headline rewrites. Headline number three. Bump your Lakers taking a serious hit here. LeBron mm. James freedom mm, miss mm, mm. several weeks with a right foot injury sustained in Sunday's win over Dallas. What's the real headline? The good news, he can use Bump's shower bench in the meantime. He <laughs> 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 can relax. LeBron has a, has a shower room. It's I probably a thousand square a feet. You know what I mean? It's he probably people hasn't stood up in a shower no. in years. 20 years. years. <laughs> Minimum. This is uh, bad news for your Lakers. They just had a great comeback, Man. too. We, oh, had, and we, we developed news. a team, right? You got Mo Bamba over there. You, you bring Jandler Russell over. We had 23% odds of making the playoffs with LeBron. Mm-hmm. It is down to 18. My man is averaging like 29 points, leads the team in assists. He does everything for this team. So who's going to step up? You know who has to step up? Mr. Anthony Davis. It is now your time to shine, sir. LeBron, get well, man. 38. I feel you, dog. Uh, while we are on the topic of the NBA, I'm going to bounce from the Lakers and instead talk about another player. Uh, can I just shout out James Harden? Did you guys see that video of uh, the Michigan State student? There were a couple yeah. people, obviously, that were in that horrific school shooting. And uh, obviously, like, prayers to everyone involved. There was one student who was a huge uh, NBA, huge James Harden fan. And James Harden FaceTimed him in the hospital just to be like, hey, you know, like, you've got this. You know, like just yeah, words of encouragement. I, I just thought it was really cool. Like I have a perception of James Harden that is somewhere in between like Pat Bev and someone better than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like he's not like super high on my list of guys that I, I when I think of like outstanding character stuff. But he's also not someone I dislike. So I was like pleasantly surprised. At, at J- I just want to shout out James Harden and say that sometimes I'm wrong about James Harden. I just thought it was really cool. Yeah. Big ups to James Harden, man. That's a good move. I might yeah. not like your basketball play. But you're a good dude for that. Uh, you've also been told uh, by a listener that you have the maturity of someone well beyond your years. They said, I've been married 34 years, and they want to commend you for that. I try. I ain't perfect, but I try. Yeah. You know, I try. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. We have plenty of spring training talk coming your guys' way. In fact, back-to-back-to-back interviews. We're going to get to some fun stuff in the timeline, including, I can't believe this, a report about Tom Brady's future gig. This is not the Fox Sports gig. This is something I heard and cannot believe. Like, I don't believe this report. It's a report, but I don't believe it. I'm I, I'm telling you guys, you are not going to believe this. That's coming up in the timeline. That's going to get us a, a break from baseball. But first, we got a lot of baseball coming your way. It's going to start with Mike Salk joining us from Peoria. What's the latest on spring training? That's next. Bumpin' Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Rost. Joining us now from Peoria, Mike Salk, one half of Brock and Salk in the morning on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. Mike, you got to talk to Jared Kelnick this morning. How was that interview? Oh, 
You know, he's my favorite to interview. Honestly, he, he is one of my favorites I think I've ever interviewed uh, because he's thoughtful and he's a compelling story. And, and he's still young, but he's now sort of, as you've mentioned, I think a few times before, Stacy, kind of at, a, at that inflection point of which direction is his career going to go. I think I've heard you say that he is the one thing standing in his own way. And what I find compelling about him is that I think he's got a, a reputation unfairly as being kind of broy and not a deep thinker, et cetera. And honestly, when you're around him and you talk to him, I really think the opposite is true. I, I, when you talk about him, him being his own worst enemy, I think sometimes he's too smart for this game. If that makes sense, he thinks very deeply about what he's doing. He's a student of the game and no, he's, he's not full of mirth and joy all the time. But he loves to win, and he loves to work hard to get there. And he seems to be, at least right now, in a really good place in terms of his mental state. Yeah, so it looks like he's in a good good space. I listened to your interview this morning as well. I feel what you are feeling. Um, who else have you spoken to? Have you, you hollered at Brash so far um, while you've been out there? What are your vibes with him? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, Matt's another guy who's just a really good interview, very different personality, just sort of a nice Canadian kid, right, super polite, et cetera. But what you sense is a, is a confidence, and, and he's not the only one you get that from. I mean, look, this is a team that is that has ended its drought. It It completed part of its mission last year, and that mission still remains incomplete. They haven't gotten as far as they want to. They've got to win the division. They've got to get past the Astros. They've got to get to a World Series. They've got to win a championship, and I think they know that all of those goals still remain. But I think you do sense a, a, a real feeling of confidence that they know they're good enough to get that done. There are no more questions about whether mm-hmm. or not they're good. I think they, they, they act and they carry themselves like they really seem to now understand that. It also seems like there aren't too many questions about, uh, you know, where they might not be good. I mean, I know left field's kind of the biggest question mark heading into the season, but God, Mike, if like Kelnick can figure it out, if Tramel gets back, who reportedly had a great offseason as well, AJ Pollock, some insurance. I think, you know, outfield in general, you know, you aren't especially deep, but there's also a ton of potential. Yeah, let me throw one other name into that mix, and that's Evan White, right? who hit a home run yesterday. He is a gold-glove first baseman, and if he can come up and hit, and it won't be right away. He's not going to make the opening day roster short of an injury. They want to give him at-bats. He's essentially missed two full years of baseball, so they're going to give him some time to get his timing down, etc., but what if Evan White turns into the player that he was projected to be when the Mariners paid him a whole bunch of money before he'd even made the big leagues? It could be at first base, and all of a sudden, Ty France is your DH every day, and all of a sudden that position is filled a little bit better. Or it could be that if Jared doesn't have it, or he's the right-handed side of that platoon, that maybe he's your A.J. Pollock instead of A.J. Pollock being that guy. So, you know, there is some depth here, and I, I, I was realizing in some research last night 59 different players played for the Mariners last year in the big leagues. 59. So we're going to sit here and talk about the top five or ten. We're going to talk about the 26 that are going to make the opening day roster. But 59 different players contributed to last season. Do they win two more games if there's somebody better than Steven Souza? Yeah. They probably do because he cost them a couple of games last year. Uh, If they have a better pitcher than somebody who came in in the bullpen and struggled last year. So those are those those positions. While they're not as fun to talk about all the time. Right. We're going to spend our time talking Julio and Kelnick and and, and today's pitcher, Luis uh, Castillo, et cetera. Andres Munoz. But, yeah, some of those other guys like Evan White may be the reason that you're able to get a few more wins than you had last year. 
Yeah, I want to ask you about some other guys, but some other guys that we don't expect to see this year. I love looking at the youngsters, man. From what you've seen so far, who's standing out? Who's a guy that we're not going to see who you're liking so far? I got a few. So yesterday we were over at the game. Harry Ford uh, did catch late in the game, and he's definitely not going to be up this year. He's not ready. But they've got him working with the number one catchers and in these games against pros, and he looks the part. He is an athletic-looking dude. He moves like a baseball player. Uh, there was a little one-two-three double play where the pitcher threw to the catcher, and he had to make the turn throw to first. Wow. I mean, just so so smooth in the way he pulled that off. He's certainly a young guy that you're going to watch. Uh, Prelander Baroa, young young pitcher, uh, who may end up making the, the, the initial roster. That would surprise me, but it's not impossible. He throws hard. And then a few minutes ago, I just saw, we've heard this name a few times from Jerry DePoto and, and Scott Service, Brian Wu. I haven't watched him throw yet, but he just walked by. Another guy that just looks the part, right? And you can just sort of carries himself in a way where you're like, okay. I can I can see where that's going in the next year or so, and maybe even this year, as he's one of those sort of depth players that that may end up playing a role this season. Who's been uh, what, either one of your favorite interviews, one of the favorite moments from an interview? The Matt Brash one I thought was hilarious, but just what's kind of stood out so far from from spring training? That's just yeah. been so fun for you guys. Well, it was nice to learn that Matt Brash had fingers that were at least as large as Mora's. Yeah, uh, he seemed a little long, shy, as long and right. slender. Yes, he seemed a little shy about putting his fingers up against Mora's. I don't know what that was all about. I don't. I don't know if he was embarrassed. I think I don't that. Know he, I think he didn't want to be shown up. Well, that's possible. I, I don't know whether Morris slider. I don't know whether he too has been able to touch the bottom of a Pringles can. Probably I'm not, not sure. But that definitely stood out as a, as a crucial moment. Um, we asked Kelnick today uh, what, what he would be doing if he were not a professional baseball player. And almost without hesitation, he said, yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot. No. Navy SEAL. Mm. <laughs> I would not have guessed he'd say that. It, it, and and it, I hadn't thought of it, but I'll tell you what, it fits him to a T. He talked about sort of the whole no excuses thing, jump in ice water, all the discipline that goes into doing that job. And that's kind of him. And, and yeah, I, th- I like that answer. That kind of yeah. uh, that kind of jumped out to me a little bit. All right, Mike, you're in Arizona. The weather hasn't been the greatest, but it's better than here. No, it's pretty good. Lots it's, it's, of golf courses out there. Oh what God. are the plans? Well, so here's ask. the thing, Bob. It's beautiful today. I, I don't mean to rub it in, but it is like mid-60s, bright sunshine, perfect. Mike, I, I like you. to. Here's what I like to do. Here's what I like to do, Bob. I like to go to a little area called Sun City West. Oh, yeah. Over 55 community. Stacy, I know you're familiar with it. Yeah, my parents live li- out there. I like to hook on with some 65 plus. Nice. And just kind of hang out and play some nice, easy parkland golf. So, yes, there's a lot of very hard, beautiful desert courses this time of year. They're all 200 bucks plus. No. I'm a man of simple means. Bob, I don't, I don't need all that. I like to go over to Sun City West and play with the old-timers. Let me tell you what. There is no better time than hanging out with people who have been retired for a good, like, 20 years. All they want to do, they're like, let's just ride the golf cart. We'll yep. go to IHOP for dinner at 3. Yeah. And then we'll check out CVS or Walgreens and head back home. They you know what I mean? It's an amazing either, time. What you find out here is that they are always either super fun and chill or they've been hyped up on watching one of the cable news networks all day. And they are super <laughs> angry. And they're really ready bad. to fight whoever's coming near them. So you have to, you have to sort of like pick your spots. They are, there are two things I've seen down here that have creeped me out. One is the police cars or their police looking cars in Sun City that say Sun City West Posse. 
I don't know what they're huh. out there looking for in a posse, but that kind of weirded me out. And the other are the other looking police car looking ones that are, say, citizen patrol. What do you think that's all about? That's a little weird. That's uh, neighborhood the, watch to the fullest. That's dude, sure. Like, that's exactly what that is. It's like the Wild Patrol. West down here, man. It's like they're going after Jesse James at any moment. <laughs> you guys are going to be hopping trains to get to spring training practice. It's just happen. insane. Uh, all right. Uh, Brock and Salk are going to be out at spring training. Again, they've got great interviews. They're one with Jared Kelnick. Uh, if it's not already uh, up on the podcast page, should be up very shortly. Julio uh, tomorrow. Julio tomorrow. Julio tomorrow so at sure, 730. I was just going to say, do you know what time? Okay, so 7.30, Julio tomorrow. You can uh, take a listen back to Jared Kelnick. Highly recommend the Matt Brash interview as well. They've had lots of good stuff. Go check out their podcast page for all those interviews. Thank you so much, Mike. See All right, guys. Appreciate it. Thank See you. you. Miss See you. Go Bye-bye. have fun hitting up a Sonic in Sun City. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he is Mike Saul, kind enough to join us on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline from Peoria and soon Sun City. I love Sun City. I can't recommend it enough. I've never been a Sonic. I love retirement communities. Oh, really? I've never been to a Sonic. Got a lot of drink options. Not alcoholic drinks, but like a lot of soda. Yeah, you can make them alcoholic slushies. drinks. That's could, what my yeah. mom does. She goes to Sun <laughs> she goes to Sonic. She pours vodka in it. She, she calls it a, a vodka little, sonic, and uh, then she lays she sits vodka around sonic. in the pool all day. I love that. That's Classic Arizona Joe. life for retired people. God love her. Uh, you're listening to Bump and Stacey on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. I am glad that Mike mentioned Bump, that they're going to have Julio on tomorrow. Again, that interview tomorrow at 7.30. You guys don't have to wait until 7.30 to hear from Julio, though, because Julio spoke with reporters and explained why he is not taking it easy at spring training. That's next. Bump and Stacey. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacey Rost. Julio Rodriguez, the biggest name for the Mariners heading into 2023. Did you know he has the fourth best odds? I don't know which sports book this was from, so I'll preface it. I don't know if it's Caesars or MGM or anything, but he has the fourth best odds for AL MVP. Too low. Behind Shohei, Mike Trout, and Aaron Judge. Not in that order. I, I accept. Think. Yeah. Never mind. Me too, right? Yeah. <laughs> me accept. too. I mean, better than Jordan Alvarez, better than um, uh, Jose Ramirez. I mean, a couple other guys where I'd be like, well, that's just pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Uh, but yeah, fourth, not too low. I, no. I, I'll oh, accept boy. behind it. Yeah. I yeah. kind of, sometimes I kind of forget that Aaron Judge exists and Shohei. Yeah. Trout. Those angels should be good this Let me year, tell huh? You what. Oh, whoo, whoo, watch out for him. Hot on your tail. Uh, all right, knock on wood. I don't want to be eating crow there. Julio Rodriguez says he's not taking it easy in spring training. Now, why is this conversation starting? Because bump. Um, yesterday during a game, Julio, uh, who uh, this is from Daniel Kramer of MLB.com, Julio said that it's kind of his dream to like rob a home run, something he really wants to do, and so of course he's getting after it. Right? Yeah. He wants that practice. You're 22 years old. You see that ball going out towards the warning track, and you think, this is my chance. I don't exactly. care if it's spring training or not. I really want to do this. He goes up for it, and the ball is inches away from his glove. He ends up hitting his right arm into his rib. He loses his breath for a minute. He's fine. They replace him in the game, but he's okay. He speaks with reporters after the fact. I'll play some of uh, what he had to say, and then you had an interesting take on some of his opinions because there's some controversy stemming from them. So let's get to what Julio had to say. First of all, this is Julio explaining that moment where he ran into the wall and kind of how he's feeling. Uh, I mean, definitely, uh, I was running like basically full speed over there and just jumped into the wall. So I'm definitely going to feel it, but it's all good. Just took a little bit of air out of me, but we're all good now. Okay, so that's good news. And then Julio says, well, you know, here's kind of why I'm not taking it easy. I mean, I feel like 
you got to hold your, yourself to a high standard no matter what game you're playing. I feel like I don't want to go take a bad at bad because it's spring training. Or I don't want to say, oh, I'm going to save it for the season. I feel like every time I step on the field, I want to win. I know it's a spring training game, but there's a score. So I feel like I'm trying to win and like help the guys to kind of like lift everybody up to win. So I feel like it doesn't matter if it's spring training, regular season, the backfield, whatever. I feel like I'm just trying to win. I know there are people hearing that and in slow motion thinking, Julio, no, take it easy. But you, Bump, love these answers. Yeah, I love this, man. One, he's 22, not 37 like me. If there is a step that is a little steep, I'm looking at it, sizing it up before I take that step. Do I take the escalator? You know what I'm saying? He's 22 years old. And then, as athletes, all my athletes out there, I don't care if you play JV football in 95, okay? All my athletes out there, you know that if you don't go hard, that's typically when you get hurt. In any type of sport, you try that unnatural deceleration. You have to do what your body's been trained to do. That's when you are the safest. So I want him to go out there and do that. And you know what that does? It sets the tone. We got our $100 million man out there going hard, making plays. You guys better make plays as well. And then I look at Julio and I say – this is why you're here. This is why you play center mm-hmm. field. You mentioned a point. You want to go out there and rob and home run. You want to make those plays. That becomes contagious. So I understand people saying, oh, I don't want Julio to get hurt. Yeah. But in baseball, I was talking to Curtis about this. In baseball, in, in, in basketball, you can float around and not go hard, and people aren't Shake really going to pay attention. But I'm that gonna, kind I'm of speed exists during, um, during warm-ups. Like that speed already exists. Yeah, in baseball, it's start and it's stop. Yeah, you, it's obvious when someone isn't going, isn't going hard for a, a ground ball or a fly ball in the outfield or whatnot. So no, I like his approach. I understand people's concern, but he's twenty two. He will bounce back. He sets the tone. He's supposed to try to make plays like also, that. Also, let's be real. After getting paid, people would be complaining if he wasn't trying. Yeah. If you saw Julio yeah. out there being like, I didn't really run down that ball. It doesn't matter if it's spring training. People would be like, Well, what are you going to do in the regular season? Yeah, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> It might be on Sports Center. Julio just got his contract. Look at him making business decisions already. Gen Z doesn't care about effort. Look at this work ethic. Uh, let's get to some of uh, what Julio had to say, and we'll, we'll continue this same theme because I love this conversation. Uh, this is him talking about the pitch clocks. I will preface this by saying that when we spoke with not only Brandon, but God, I want to say it wasn't Shannon, was it? Um, it was someone else when they were like, yeah, if there's a name or two I'm watching, Julio's one of them in terms of trying to get set. This is Julio being asked about the pitch clock. Um, I think so i think so i feel like i like i like the new rules personally you know like i cannot speak for everybody but i feel like i'm not a guy that's going to be doing too much in the box or like things like that and like i think two and a half hour game every day getting getting back to bed early having a nice sleep getting ready for the next day i feel like that's going to be huge especially for us it's, we fly so much we always on the road and i feel like it's going to be it's going to be key for us and i feel like the time that gives you to rest and like kind of just basically hang around at the end, at the end of the night. It's not going to be as short, like leaving at 11 p.m. or like almost 12 every time that you basically finish the game, have like a nice little routine for recovery. Like you got time to at least like have a nice day. Now we're talking about some of those age differences. I appreciate that at 22, no matter what the age is, Julio looks forward to getting to bed early. I mean, who among us doesn't? You know what I mean? But secondly, I will bet you donuts, Bump, that within the first month of the season, Julio will have a pitch clock violation for not getting set in time. But I'm not mad at that. I'm really not. I'm not worried about it. No, I'm glad that he's embracing the change. And he's he's young, right? These guys, I would assume, who are – if you had to put out a poll – who are against the change, who don't really care about it. It's got to be the older guys who've been around the game for a long time. Ryan Roland-Smith did make a great point about the pitch clock. 
when you have those moments where Riz is on the ones and twos, he's on the mic, and he's describing something that happened in 95 as a player walks up to the batter's box. Batter steps out, out the box. He fixes gloves. He does his routine. You hear another story from Riz. That's what's going to be missed in baseball yeah. is that the storytelling and the setup. So I understand people kind of pushing back because you're going to miss some of that. But when you hear a young man at 22 years old talking about recovery, mm-hmm. these guys know what's good for their body. He goes like, he can pretty much get an extra hour or two of sleep yep. just because the game ends at two and a half hours. So for the casual fan, it's going to help them out. I understand what the um, the diehard fan is feeling. And I understand we're going to miss some of the storytelling that's beautiful. Man, you got Ridge, you got Dave Sims, Aaron Goldsmith. Like These guys will paint a picture for you. But end of the day, I think it's best for the athlete that these games are sped up. Absolutely agree. A wonderful point. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that from from Ryan. And I also uh, think, though, taking away from it, yes, there are cons. There are absolutely cons, right? Anytime you make a rule change, you kind of give something up and sacrifice something that you still love about it. Like, I don't love pitchers who take uh, a minute to get set and, you yeah. know, that keep like combing through their hair or fixing their necklace or doing whatever. <laughs> like, you know, it's just your own ticks, but like it, it's annoying. I don't like, you know, I like Julio. I want to get to bed. I don't yeah. like leaving the stadium at mm-hmm. 11, especially in the early spring when it's still freezing. Uh, there is a part of nostalgia that you miss. You're right. Um, overall, the, the rules combined with eliminating the shift as well. I think this is going to be an amazing year of baseball. I am so, so, so excited for the kind of season we're going to see, not just from the rest of the league, the action we're going to see in the league, but from this Mariners team, I think is really going to benefit from these rules as well. Loved hearing from Julio. Uh, Again, Julio is going to be with Brock and Salk tomorrow at 730. Um, we got a couple things to get to in 11. I'm going to let you guys know, peel back the curtain, that we're kind of like in motion for our next hour here because we're waiting to see if John Schneider, who is speaking from the Combine, uh, will have that interview streaming. If it is, we're going to try to take you to the podium live. Uh, also still to come, Gary Hill is going to join us from spring draining. Of course, we got Bump, four down territory, getting into some X's and O's football there, uh, including some Combine stuff from Bump. And then we got to get to the timeline where I promised you we will talk about Tom Brady's very, very weird career choice. That's all coming your way next.